But tonight we're going to talk a little bit about about making up our mind. The title of the message is, Have You Made Up Your Mind? Because there's something about having a made-up mind. People can accomplish more. We can accomplish more than we ever would give ourselves credit for. You have done some things in your life that you never thought you could have done. You've got through some things that you never thought you you could have got through. You've taken people with you through things that you never thought you could have got through. Not because things were easy and not because the way was just there. I guess it's because God was with you. But really, first and foremost, it's because you made up your mind. And some of y'all is just stubborn enough to get the job done. Who cares what you face? Amen. We were stubborn enough to walk in sin for as long as we did. (laughs) Now we need to be stubborn enough to walk in the word and to see his hand move on our behalf. Because it will. But we got to make up our mind. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for this night, this time together. I thank you for your word that it is true. Father, that we have ears to hear what you're speaking to us and showing us tonight. I thank you, Father, that our hearts are open and good ground. The good ground that raises up, Father, a harvest. Father, not just for ourselves, but for those who are around us. The tree of life that sprouts forth, Father, from our hearts into this world so that other people may find that same life in Jesus Christ that we have found. We thank you for the privilege of being your servant and being your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. God is good. And, and today, as I, was, as I was praying, just, you know, three, three, three quick stories. Have you ever been just praying or reading the Word and just all of a sudden things just, man, three things just came real quick. And, and it, it really truly is about making up our mind. And the question that I have to ask you, I don't know where you are today. It says in Joel chapter 3 that, that there are many who are in the valley of decision. And really, in that particular passage, what, what, what the Word is sharing and talking about are people who are in the, in the midst of their life of making decisions for Christ. You may be here today, and you may not even know Jesus, and you are one of those people who are in the valley of decision. I'll tell you that you have to make up your mind. It says, it says in Romans that we have to confess with our mouth, believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's how we become saved. Not being baptized, not going to church enough times, not being, you know, being, being a son or a daughter or a grandson or a granddaughter of someone who's saved. You have to make up your mind to get into this whole thing in the beginning. And then from that time on, we have to make our mind up that the word is true, that revelation is true, that, that thing that that person preached was true, that thing that God told me is true. We have to be the ones who do that. Now, we as human beings and, and, and we as just folks, you know, we have a difficult time in this country with commitment. You know, you see it in marriages all the time. People, people don't just get married for the long haul. They get married until it, it doesn't suit them anymore. Why? Because they haven't made up their mind to push through. You know, Elizabeth and I have come to those decisions and those places in our life, and if you've been married for more than about six weeks, I'm sure you've been through those things too. You've been through those times and those, those things, 25 years. I'm sure you've had a few, few opportunities there to decide whether or not you're going to continue going down the path that you committed to go down a long time ago. And really, I think, truly, if we have made up our mind, we, we will push ourselves all the way through that point because there will be difficult times. And, and what we want to do is we want to be just, a, just enough wishy-washy that when the difficult times come, we can ease our way someplace else. But if you know about the promises of God and you know about his word, there's not like a gray area. (laughs) There's not a wishy-washy spot. There is a place that says, this is what the word says, and are you going to believe it, and are you going to live it in your life so that you can be blessed? No. Well, then it won't happen. But it doesn't matter, but I should have wanted nothing. If you don't make up your mind to follow the things that are written in the word, 
If you don't make up your mind to follow what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in your heart, then there's not an opportunity for us to see the other side. There's not an opportunity for us to see the blessing that's on the other side of that promise. We have to make up our minds. And like I said earlier, you have made up your mind to do some things in your life, and you've flat out just done them. Whether they were good or bad, you've done them. I've been there. There have been a lot of times where I've even asked God, you know what, God, just guard my mouth. Please help me to say the right thing. When I'm in difficult situations, I don't want to say the wrong words. I want to say what you would have me say. And we do so with a sincere heart. Then we go out into the world and something happens, and you get ready to say what you think they need to say right now. And the Holy Spirit says to you, hold on, hold on. You want to say that? And you say, I shouldn't, but I'm going to. And you go ahead and you just let it rip. See, you've made up your mind that, you know what? I said I want God to put a guard on my mouth. But really, truly, the situations are going to dictate what I say. That's not, that's not God's word. That's not God's best. But in this country, we have a problem with commitment. And one day we want to commit to this, but the next day we kind of want to commit to that. You'll never see anything. You'll never amount to anything special or successful if you can't be committed to what God has put in your heart to be committed to. It won't work. Just because it worked for somebody else does not mean that it'll work for you. We've had a lot of folks, you know, who, who've, who've had success in this area or that area. Maybe you've seen somebody on TV. They had success in their life going this direction. And all of a sudden you think, you know what? I want to be like that. Now, character qualities are important. And the, the qualities that you see there in the Word of God, those are important to emulate. People who are walking along with the Word of God and following the Spirit of God, yes, emulate the things that they do and the things that you see. But the things that they are called to, just because it's successful for them, it doesn't mean it's successful for you. And it doesn't matter... It doesn't matter in your life. You've got to do what God says to do, not what you see somebody else do. And what God says for us to do many times is beyond where we are. And so we have a difficult decision to make. And you can go back and you can look in Genesis in chapter 12. And Abraham was in this place. And I've talked a lot about it over the last few weeks. Have you ever just kind of got stuck in Scripture? You get to going and you get to reading, and whether it's your Bible reading taking you through things, but you always end up winding back into some kind of, of particular story or passage or chapter or whatever it might be. In Genesis in chapter 12, God was speaking to Abraham, and he told him, he said, Abram, you need to pack up, you need to move up, and you need to get out of here. Take all your people, take, take your family, and let's move on. He says, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, away from your family, away from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And it goes on then and says, you know, you're going to have to take off. I'm sure Abram said, where are we going? I want to know. I'll tell you when we get there. Because God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And then it goes on and says a little bit later, and then Abraham packed everybody up. Abram did and left. He made up his mind. When God speaks to you, you may hear it with your ears. But more importantly, you need to hear it with your spirit. And when you hear it with your spirit, you have to begin to make up your mind at that moment that that's true. Now, he told him, I'm going to make you a great nation. In Genesis in chapter 15, we all know the stories and we know the places and we know what's going on. He tells him, I'm going to take you out and I'm going to make you. He said, look at all the stars. I'm going to make your sons and your daughters. I'm going to make what comes from you, even though. You're old, it says at the end of this passage in chapter, in chapter 6, in chapter 15 in Genesis, after verse 6, it says he was 85. He says, I'm going ma- to make your descendants be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And what did Abram say at that time? All right, sir, I'm there. What did he do? He made up his mind. 
You can go back and read, and we don't have to turn there now, or you can do it later when you go home. You can go back and read in Romans, you know, in chapter 4, where it says, man, he stood by God's word. He, he made up his mind that come heck or high water or whatever was going down or whatever came against him or whatever he did or didn't see, no matter what was going on, he had made up his mind that that's who he was going to be. He made up his mind so much that he allowed God to change his name from Abram to Abraham. Now, that's difficult. That's making up your mind. You don't think there was ridicule that went along with that. See, too many times we know the end of the story, and so we don't think about in the midst of those decisions, in the midst of those moments where where they were hearing things. Abraham was hearing things from God for the first time and the second time, and God was beginning to tell him. And, And we forget about the fact that he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. But he had to go back to the places. He had to talk to people who knew he did not have any descendants and they weren't going to have any kids. Yet he had to stand there and say, in the, I'm sure there was criticism. I'm sure there were people who were saying, <laughs> Look at, he's calling himself Abraham. Not a chance, pal. You're 85. Your wife's way past that time. Yet he'd made up his mind. There's power in making up your mind. Good. And there's, there's, there's also some, some power in making up your mind bad. Don't get caught thinking the wrong thing. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Don't get caught thinking the wrong thing. Don't make up your mind to believe the wrong thing. Make up your mind to believe what God said. See, here was Abram in the midst of this situation, changing his name to Abraham. He said, I have made up my mind. This is what we're going to do. And it wasn't like we just turned to the end of the thing and said, oh, look, they had a baby. There were things that happened along the way. As you begin to make up your mind, what we'll see as we go through a couple passages here, there will be tests and trials and tribulations that come. Don't change your mind. Things don't get really hairy. Things don't get really nasty until you make up your mind. You could be wishy-washy all day long. How many people have been like that with their finances like Pastor Pam was talking about with tithing? Too many people just said, God says, try me now in this. And then you begin to put that out there. And you know what? In three or four days, it starts to get worse. And then in two, three weeks, it's even worse. And you're saying, you know what? I ain't doing that anymore. Don't change your mind. Did you make up your mind or not? Because if you've made up your mind, you'll go no matter what. If the bottom falls out of your finances, it's not your responsibility. It's God's because you're doing what God told you to do. You made up your mind to follow him, not to follow somebody else. You made up your mind to follow what the Spirit of God was speaking to you to do. And if we can make up our mind to do that with jobs, if we can make up our mind to do that with, with, with TV shows, you know, how many times have you just, you just haven't left your house because idol's on? I mean, idols on on Wednesday night. We've got to get done here quick so you can get home and see them sit. You know, too many people allow those kind of things to, to dictate their schedules. They dictate what they, what they think and what they need to do and what's important to them, but really, truly, what's important, what the Word of God says, what He's speaking to me to do. Don't get yourself off base. Don't get yourself off kilter. Make up your mind to follow what God said. Abraham did, and he faced a lot of stuff, but some 20 years later, what did he do? He had Isaac. And God was faithful to begin the process of making his descendants as numerous as the stars. He did not die with a house full numerous as the stars. 
but he is accounted to be the father of faith. Now, who are we as children? We say we're children of God, but we are descendants of who? Abraham. So all those who have come after and have fallen into the faith and have trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are those stars that God talked to him about back in Genesis and said, your descendants will be as the stars. It didn't all happen in one day. Things didn't get all rosy in one day. It didn't wait like six weeks and all of a sudden Sarah was pregnant and everybody was throwing her a shower. It didn't work like that. Years and years, think 20 years is a long time. That's a long time. But do you have the strength of commitment in your life to follow what, what you have made up your mind to do? Because a divided heart messes things up. They got a little wishy-washy somewhere in there somehow because Ishmael came out of all that, right? About six years into this thing, Sarah got a little bit, she got a little bit, you know, hey, why don't you just go take my maid? And, you know, this isn't really kind of going the way I thought it was going to go. A divided heart's trouble. And in our country, we got divided people. The politicians are divided. They'll just tell you what you want to hear. They're not going, they, they don't commit necessarily to anything. Do you believe this? Do you? <laughs> they want to know what you think because they're going to tell you what you think. Why? Because they're flatterers. Nobody wants to commit. See, nobody wants to stand pat on the truth. Because if I stand pat on the truth, what if something happens? I'm just telling you, folks, things are going to happen. And you're going to be a person of your word or you're not. You're going to follow the things that your mind has said, this is what I believe, or you're not. Too many believers in this world say, I believe this, yet when push comes to shove, when pressures arise in our life, we go a different direction. And we can't figure out why, as believers, we're not more blessed. To be blessed, we have, we have to have, it's the power of a made-up mind to go down that path and say, you know what, I am doing this regardless. If comes heck or high water, like I said about Abraham, if the bottom falls out, if it all goes south, like Ruth said, if I per- or uh, Esther said, if I perish, I perish but i am going down with a made-up mind that's really truly what the essence of of faith is all about regardless of if you see it or not we're a see it and believe it generation of people instead of a we believe it and we will see it generation of people you can keep going and go on down from one story to the next but if you look into the promised land in joshua in chapter one here's a group of folks and i'll tell you this we need to get on board with god sooner than later I'll say that, I'll say that, you know, again, we we need to get on board sooner than later. We need to make up our minds sooner than later. You know that as well as I do. You've gone around those mountains three, four, five, six, 18 times only only to to get on board later, and yet you miss some things. Well, God's a restorer. He's he's a recoverer. Yeah, 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 he is, but I'm telling you what, God could do a whole lot in our life if we got on board a whole lot younger. God could do a whole lot more in our life if, if we... If, now, don't, it's not too late. There was Saul, remember? He was a persecutor of the church, and he got, he got hooked up a little late. But it, it all worked out for him in the end, and th- he got to see good things. But how much more maybe could there have been? 
See, Joshua, as we look at this story in Joshua chapter 1, you can go through and read the whole chapter there. In the end of the story, the people of God who were with him actually said, we are with you. If anybody is against you, we will take them out and they cannot stand, but you must be strong and of good courage. We will rise up. Basically, this is getting off script now. We will rise up and we will follow you into the promised land and we will receive the things that God has promised us. We are with you. Now, that's, a, that's, a, that's the same folks. See, they, they're descendants of the same folks who had made up their mind that said, you know what? We can't do it. Yet when these guys came around, they had, a different, they had a different mindset. They said, we can do it. And they made up their mind at that moment that we'll go with you. And God told, Moses, or God told Joshua, Moses is dead. You, you're the man. Arise, take these people, and go across that river. They're not acting on blind faith. They're not acting just on something that they found on the side of the road. They're not acting actually, truly, on a word that God just gave Moses. They're acting on the word that God gave Joshua. It may have been the same and may sound very similar to the word that he said to Abraham and then to Moses and then to everybody else down the line, but, but they were acting on the word that he gave Joshua. He said, you are the man, arise, take these people, and go across the river. And at that point, Joshua had to decide, am I going to do it or not? Now, here's what we know. We know that if you go back and you read through that particular book of the Bible and you begin to read through the Old Testament a little bit, you see that the children of Israel began to possess the promised land. But not everybody lived through that. See, it didn't say they went into every battle and every single Israelite never died. They made up their mind, regardless of whether I take a spear in the heart, we're going across that river with you because that is our land. That's the promised land. God has spoken that to us and he has said that he will make a way for us in that land. And so off they went. But there were a lot of wars from that time until until they continued on. There were people who didn't make it. There were people who gave up. There were people, you know, like Achan who, who stole the silver and, you know, he got in trouble and ended up killing him and his family to get things straight. But see, as Joshua began to do this, he had to make up his mind. And once he made up his mind, that didn't just seal the deal. He had to go walk it out. And we as believers think that if I make up my mind on Sunday morning in church, or I make up my mind at a Joyce conference, a Joyce Meyer conference, that I'm going to believe what she said, that's going to happen in my life when we go out the door. It doesn't happen tomorrow when we get discouraged. You haven't made up your mind. When you make up your mind, you believe that it's true and you know that it's going to happen and regardless of whether you ever see it with these earthly eyes or ever touch it with these earthly hands, it is yours. That's making up your mind. That's the way Abraham was when he went from Abram to Abraham. That's the way Joshua was when he rose up in this place and he had to take the children of God and he had to take them into the promised land. He got them all together and said, okay, guys, prepare yourself. He didn't say, you know, let's take our kids over there and let's go to Disneyland. He he didn't say that. He said, let's get all the men together. Let's get all the warriors together. Let's tell them, you got to go prepare yourself because we've got to go fight. Actually, leave your your women and children over here. We'll go out there and fight and we can come back and get them. Why? Because there's, there's some tests. There's some trials. There's some tribulation. There's some war. There's some fighting that's going to have to be done to see this happen. But I believe that it is ours. I have made up my mind, and I will go. That's, that's, that's us, really, truly, 
in our heart when we receive Jesus. Look, I've made up my mind. That's, that's true. Does anybody that has received Jesus believe that that's not true? Just because something happens in your life, do you not believe that he's not the son of God? I'm not saying we all make the right choices, and I'm not saying that we don't end up as a prodigal somewhere kind of wandering off on our own, but, but even in that particular instance, that person, if you, really, if you really pulled them and talked to them just about every time, they would say, yeah, I know Jesus is the Son of God, and I know that hasn't changed, but what has changed? I, I've changed my mind. I believe that it's true. I believe that that's right, but I'm not walking that way anymore. The other story that God gave me as I began to look at this, making up our mind, was this story of Joseph. I like the end of the story. You know, when the brothers come back and you're almost kind of giving that, ha, 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 he's going to get them. Ha, ha, yeah, they're going to pay for that. But what you don't realize is really way back in the beginning, when he tells his dream to his brothers, and he tells his dream to his dad, he tells the family, I've had this dream. He believes it. He has flat out made up his mind. Look, this is, this is what's going to happen. may not understand it all. You may not know all the ifs, ands, and buts. You may not know all the turns that are involved. You may not know the stuff that's going to come your way because had he known the rest of the story, I don't know if he would have made up his mind so well because the first thing that happened, what it says, his brothers were jealous. They envied him, said they hated him. They wanted to kill him. Now, you may not get along with your family, you may not always get along with your brother and your sister or whatever, but I don't know too many people in this earth today in the natural, somebody's a brother just got so mad at him, hate him, go out and killed him. Now it happens. But I think sometimes, you know, we, we, we think, you know what, I got some problems with my brother. Well, you ain't, you ain't got problems like this. Because they, they, they wanted to, they really truly wanted to kill him. And this poor guy's just trying to, to follow his heart. This guy's just trying to follow his dream. This guy's just trying to do what God told him to do. He said, look, I made up my mind. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to go down, so I've got I to follow God. Now, as you go through the story, he has all kinds of things. He's got slavery. He's falsely accused of rape. He gets thrown in jail. He gets forgotten by the baker and the butler. And, I mean, all those things are going on and going down, but he continues to be blessed, and he continues to rise to the top. He's still trusting God because he's being blessed. You say, well, I don't know how blessed that is. God's taking care of him. It says everywhere that he went, he rose to the top. Even in jail, he was the second to the jailer. Even in Potiphar's house, he was second to Potiphar's house. Even when he got out, he was second to Pharaoh. I mean, he always rose to the top of the ranks. God was blessing him and taking care of him where he was. Now, he pursued, he persevered because he'd made up his mind. The daggone it, I, I don't care. If I die doing this, I, I, I'm going to die doing this. I don't know how many times we have that kind of tenacity or, or we've really made up our mind that way to say, you know what, regardless, this is what's going to happen and going to go down. I think about Pastor Pam and Bill as they came and started this church. There are plenty of opportunities to change your mind. Pastor Bill tried to change the mind all the way. He wanted to go to Indianapolis. But finally, see, when he made up his mind that it was Lafayette, there wasn't any left, right, or others. It was Lafayette. But then even when they came here, that didn't all of a sudden, they didn't move into a really nice house and everybody just, they all of a sudden had all y'all here and everybody was just giving money like crazy and they just had salaries and staff and people helping. That, what, that all didn't happen overnight. See, we see where we are today and realize, you know what, that's 23 years later and that's a lot of made up mind down the road. 
That's a lot of busting through some tough ground and a lot of going through some tests and a lot of going through some trials. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, it actually says you're God who is going to test you. The enemy brings things. God is testing you. He took Isaac and he took Abraham and said, okay, now you got your blessing. Now you have your promise. Now go up on that mountain and kill him. Well, hold on a minute. I done made up my mind I was going to be this guy. Now you're taking, what are you talking? He didn't say that. He said, all right, boy, get your stuff. He he didn't say, okay, I went through a lot of stuff, a lot of ridicule, a lot of things, but now I get to walk around with my boy and going, (laughs) you laughed at me, but look what I got. And then God said, you know what you need to do? Take him up on that mountain, sacrifice him. He saw the mountain a long way off. It wasn't like he was right next door. He had to walk with that boy all the way to that mountain, climb all the way up the top of that mountain, bring him with him the wood and all the stuff and the lighter. He's got a wood, he's got a lighter, he's got his knife. I'm going to kill him on the altar and burn it all up. The whole time, Isaac going, wow, daddy. (laughs) Thank God for not so smart little ones. (laughs) You know, he's not catching on at the moment. Hey, uh, there's not any sheep with us. We don't have any bulls. No, we got it. What are we going to do? There's not a ram. Oh, God will provide. Don't worry, son. (laughs) He's made up his mind. I'm going to do what God said to do, regardless of how tough it is. Regardless of what you have to give up, will you give it up? See, will you give when it doesn't look like you can give? Will you you get rid of the friends when it looks like you ain't got no other friends to to go to? Will will you give? See, will you take take that promise? Will you take that thing and say, I'll put it on the altar because I have made up my mind what you want for me is more important than what I think I need? Because tests will come. Trials will come. That stuff will happen. Every time these guys went through something, whether it was Abraham, whether it was Joshua, whether it was Joseph, they always came to a point where they had to get through some stuff. And the real thick of the stuff didn't happen until they made up their mind. They may have had some nicks and cuts and bruises and things along the way. But when they made up their mind that this is what I believe, when they made up their mind that said, I will follow regardless, when they made up their mind that said, this is what's going to be done in my life and I'm going to follow after you, that's when it seemed like everything started going haywire. Well, let me tell you, the enemy doesn't like you. Not only is God testing you, but the enemy wants to destroy you. (laughs) You're not normal, you're elite. See, you're not, you're not just a normal individual. You're not just a normal person in this earth. You're elite. We want that all men should come to Christ, but in reality, what's going to happen in the end? See, there'll be some who do, and there'll be some who, who don't. There'll be some who'll make up their mind, and there'll be some who won't. Will you make up your mind? Not just to follow Christ, but now, not just to say, you know what, I'm part of his family, but will you make up your mind to say, you know what, I- I'm going to go after everything that you have for me to go after with all my heart. But I might have to be alone. Well, yeah, you know what, you might have to. But God's with you, and he'll never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. You say, well, Joshua had a whole bunch of people who were with him who went across that water. Yeah, but in the very beginning, God said, I will not leave you and I won't forsake you. You be strong, and you be of good courage. He had to to make up his mind to go across that river before he brought everybody else with him. 
They didn't cheer him into making up his mind. He had made up his mind before he went to those people. And when he went to those people, they decided to go with him. There are really truly in your life and in my life two responses, two things really that determine what we become in our life. The decisions that we make and our response to God. You make a lot of decisions in your life. Those are important. They begin to shape who you are. But how you respond to God is really important. Because that says whether or not you've made up your mind. God tell you once, tell you twice, tell you three times. I found out just like you have, he hadn't changed his mind. I go away and come back and ask him again the same question. He has the same answer, doesn't change. What do you want me to do? Do this. Okay, I'll come back tomorrow and see if you've got another plan because I don't like that. You march around the mountain, come back. Got another idea? Nope, same one. Okay. Doesn't matter how many times you do that. And it's not great. Life isn't always awesome while you're doing that. Because on the inside, there's turmoil. Things are going haywire on the inside. Why? Because you're not making the right decision. You're not responding to what God's saying. It's putting you in a tough place. But then there comes a moment and there comes a time where finally your will is broken. And you make up your mind that daggone it, that is it. That is the last time, that's the last, I am, I am. And you, you've been here probably in your life somewhere where you have finally, that's it, man, I am on board. I'd had enough years ago. And I came into Pastor Bill's office and sat down and said, I'm done, I'm here. <laughs> just like flipped a switch. No, I just got tired of being destroyed and being run down and being in turmoil on the inside and having my life ruined and finally got to the point where I said, you know what? I'm going to make up my mind, man. That's it. And I did. I made up my mind. And one, one moment, Elizabeth was like, you could do that so fast. Just, yeah, well, yeah, I made up my mind. Didn't always go well when <laughs> you've drugged somebody with you all that time and all of a sudden you change your mind. But I, I, I made up my mind. That was it. It's quick. Had things to walk through. Things got, you know, things got wild. Some things got difficult. Some times got tough. You still had to live by faith. It wasn't like all of a sudden the sun just followed me everywhere I went. There was stuff. There were things. But you got to be the one who responds to God when he calls. You have to be the one that makes up your mind. Not somebody else. They can't do it for you. And he said, well, you know what? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. All the things that happened to me as a young person, I, I didn't have any choice in all that. And yeah, maybe not, but you can respond now differently. See, many times in family situations, and you couldn't, you know, you couldn't dictate maybe who you were born through and, and, and how they treated you and how things happened when you were young. But I'm telling you what, right now you can make a difference in the way that you think and the way that you pray and the way that you stand and the way you walk in faith and the way you forget the past and the way you allow God to take those things out of your life and to change who you are. You can respond now to those situations differently because Jesus is alive on the inside of you. They don't have to dictate who you are. Your past is gone. It is dis If you know Jesus Christ, your past that you keep coming back, that is disconnected from where you are. That didn't, that didn't, even, atti that didn't even attach to you. See, it says he makes you a new creature in Christ, which says he turns you all the way around and he makes you okay. It's important in your life. Boy, they really like that jungle gym thing over there you build or whatever. They're having a good time. 
Elizabeth built them a treehouse next door. They're having a blast. Oh, yeah, you didn't build it. You just designed it. It was your brainchild. Shane and all those other guys. But you can hear them over there. They're having a good time. That's what we need, the treehouse in here, huh? We can put a treehouse in here, and everybody can hang out in the treehouse, and we can have, like, Pastor John's treehouse time, you know? I, we'll make a TV show or something. You can't allow fear, doubt, and unbelief to, to, to get you off track. Everybody's attacked by that stuff. It looks like you're not going to make it all the time. Don't worry. It doesn't look like I'm going to make it tomorrow. You're not alone. You're not, as you grow in Christ and as you step out in faith and as you follow him, it just allows bigger room for bigger failure. But are you going to fail? No. Does it look like it? Yeah, maybe. It might. But you know what? God will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's brought me to this point. Why would he let me down now? He's brought you to this point. Make up your mind to follow him the rest of the way. See, make up your mind to follow him the rest. I followed you this far. Yep, and you know what? You didn't bail. Congratulations. I mean, you really stuck it out. You went through some stuff. But now you know what? You've gone from level one to level two. And now he wants to take you to level three. And you know what he's going to ask you to do? He's going to ask you to follow him. He's going to ask you to do some things that you, you, you know you can't do in your own strength. He's going to ask you to believe some things that, man, it's going to be a stretch of faith. He's going to ask you to step out on some areas. You say, man, I started giving. He's going to say, you know what? Come on, can you trust me with a little bit more? That isn't me wanting your money. That's God wanting your heart. That's, that's, just, that's the facts. He's going to ask you, do you want to change your friends? Do you want to change the people you're hanging out with? You want to kind of, do you want to change your life? Oh, God, I want to change my life. He'll say, you know what you need to do? Maybe come away from this group for a little while. And you're like, I don't know if I can do that. Make up your mind. If you've got to be alone, you've got to be alone. I remember that time when we moved to Tulsa. Heck, I'd just gotten home. And we turned around and we're going back. You know? We, she was out there by herself. We got to come home. We got to be with all our family, and she got married to this guy who was like just had a gazillion dollars. Apparently not. He just had a good credit card because it didn't end up that way in the end. But, you know, God love us. We were all there together. But we went right back to that joint. But thank God they did because none of us would be here probably today if they didn't. I'm not saying you wouldn't be saved and doing what you're doing. I'm just, we wouldn't be in this place experiencing what God's doing if, if they hadn't done that. They had to go out and be by themselves for a while. That, you know, sometimes God is going to take you out there maybe into Arabia a little bit, the desert, the deserted place. He's going to take care of you there. He's going to, he's going to flourish you there. But sometimes he's got to get you out here somewhere. And he's got to say, will you make up your mind to follow me there? Will you make up your mind to go where I want you to go? And it's important because you're an example to somebody. Now listen here just for a moment because this, this is, we'll, we'll end here in just a second. But this is, you are an example to somebody. Whether or not you have children in your house. If you have children in your house, you are a huge example. If you have nieces and nephews, you're an example. If you have friends and family, you're an example because they're watching you. And they know they know most of the time, they really, you have said this is who I am. You have said this is the direction I'm going. So when you don't, you're not, only, you're not only disobeying what God is saying, you're showing everybody else there that you're a little bit of a hypocrite. That's harsh, sorry. I love you. Say, I love you. Okay, say it again. I love you. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Make me feel better. Yeah. But let me tell you something here, okay, because this is important. 
Okay, there's, there's a generation of young people out here in this world, and, and I'll just, I mean, this is just true, that they understand, they understand what it means to be genuine. And they will, they will, they will listen to someone who's genuine. They will follow someone who's genuine. But when you begin to show yourself as not being genuine and having not just faults, but being a little bit of a hypocrite, saying one thing yet doing another, when you begin to do that, I am telling you, this, this generation of young people, that's where they're going to bail ship. And you watch and not see if things don't happen in this election a little differently now that, now that our president has shown his face a little bit. These young people believe in change, they believe in stuff, they believe in things, but I'm telling you what, when they start to hear open mic moments and they start to see somebody for who they really are and it's not who they said they were, these, I'm telling you, this generation will turn on you in a heartbeat. Now, they'll follow you wholeheartedly wherever because they want to they save, every, save everything. They don't matter if it's donkeys or dogs or swans or people, they don't care what it is. They want to save stuff. But I'm telling you, if you can't be genuine, if you can't say this is what I am, this is who I am, and this is what I do, you, can, you better not be saying I'm A and end up being B because I'm telling you what, you, you will end up in trouble. In Daniel in chapter 1, hadn't changed much. Kids are always watching you, aren't they? Just like I shared on Sunday. Oh, ye of little faith, my daughter told me. That makes the pastor better than having his daughter tell him, you ain't got no faith, Pop. <laughs> She'd always say to me, that isn't what you preached on Sunday, Daddy. Yeah, she's like, Shh, go to another church. You're bothering me. <laughs> what are you talking about, girl? <laughs> Glad I got people that hold me to a high standard. But in Daniel chapter 1, they, they were going to get him. They were, they were bringing these people, and the, the king was, and they were, they were bringing them in, and they, they were, they, they, they were going to. He said, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, you know what? I want to set myself apart. I don't want to eat any of that stuff. And he had, he had three little buddies with him. Three little amigos. Now, we know them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? And we know a little later in Daniel, they're the ones who told the king, I am not going to, I don't care if you throw me in the fire, I'm not going to bow down. Now, where would you think they would have that kind of tenacity? Where would they learn that kind of direct faith that says, you know what, I don't care what happens to me? Well, they had a little pal named Daniel a couple chapters earlier. And he said, you know what, I'm not going to eat that stuff. So we want our kids to grow up and be men and women of their word. We want them to follow after God. And many times we even say this, just do what I say and not what I do. It's a bad example. You know, we begin to tell them that, you know what, it's not, you can get out of anything. It doesn't matter what your word says. We're telling them that's not the case, but they've been, they're smart, they know. Well, here's Daniel, and he's in a place, and he's in a position. And he says, you know what? I'm not going to eat that stuff. This is what I want to eat. And he's got three little guys following along with him saying, huh, something about this. And somewhere in this passage and somewhere in these chapters, they decided to make up their mind too. They decided to say, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I'm not going back. You know folks who one, one time in their life they said, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, I'm following after God with all my heart. And you, and you know they're, no, they're nowhere near that. Why? I, tests, trials, things, situations, tribulation, disappointment, hurt, lots of stuff, lots of stuff. 
But we just went through a bunch of different examples that said, you know, Joshua had a lot of problems and issues and things that happened from the time they crossed over, and he kept going, he kept fighting, and he kept going. Joseph, you know, he just wanted to live his dream. That's all he wanted to do. He'd made up his mind. That's the direction he was going, and everything, all, all hell seemed to break loose in his life. But he didn't stop believing. He didn't give up. He didn't change his mind. He stayed, he stayed firm. You got things in your life that God has told you, and you say, you know what, man, this is, this is it. This is, this is who I am. Don't go back on that. Don't go back. Go forward. Hebrews in chapter 12 says, go, go forward with your eyes focused on Jesus, running your race, not go backwards. He actually says, let go of the weights and the stuff that's trying to ensnare you. Let go of the junk. Why? So you can run wholeheartedly with one purpose, with your mind made up to follow Jesus. That's important. Wishy-washy don't get you anywhere. Wishy-washy won't get you anywhere. And I, I don't know how this message fits in the things that we've talked about over the last bunch of weeks or what as, as we go on, but I, I just know that, that, that maybe you're here today and this, man, God's been speaking to you and you've been going around the mountain four or five times asking Him for another response. <laughs> don't do that. Make up your mind to say, okay, God, I'll do it. Just make up your mind. In Ecclesiastes in chapter 12, you can stand up and then we'll finish. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, it says, remember your creator. You can put the first, can you put the first verse up there? It says, remember your creator in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 in verse 1. Basically, remember who he was, what he said, what he did. You need to hold on to that. Don't get rid of it. It says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Say this, say, I'm young. Now, why is it that God will return or restore to us our youth? Why is that so important? Not so that we could be fresh and spry and be able to run like we could when we were little, because that doesn't work. But it gives you this, this mentality, and it gives you this thought, and it gives you this opportunity for time in your life for God to do great things. We said in the beginning, if you'll make up your mind as a young person, God can do an amazing work with your life over a span of a lot of years. Now, he can do an amazing thing with a short span, too. I'm not saying that. But he can do that because he'll renew your youth. And it says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. And then it says, before the difficult days come because they will it goes on and says before your body breaks down before your teeth go out but it gives you a whole list of bad things that i don't want to read <laughs> i ain't believing that's happened <laughs> it says grinders in there they're not talking at one point about grinders like this they talk about these choppers i mean like you only got a couple of them left it said don't don't give up on the things because in the end of this chapter in the end of this thing as you go down to the end of the verse at the end, end of verse 8, it says, so that when things end and you are finished, you can go and you can hear those words that say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Goes along with the talents and the things that Pastor Pam talked about. It says in that particular passage that they heard from the master, well done, my good and faithful servant. They had made up their mind to sow their talent and to do what they were asked to do, regardless of the outcome, even knowing that the master was a tough guy and that if they did something wrong, they could face consequences. They did it regardless. And in the end, what did they hear? Well done. Make up your mind that you're going to hear well done. 
Make up your mind that you're going to stand and fight. Make up your mind that you're going to go after what God told you to go after. Make up your mind that you're going to follow Him regardless of what's been happening. Maybe some things have happened in your life this last week or last week, 10 days, two weeks, whatever. Maybe some things have come up and it's made you question whether or not you're going down the right path. But you know God told you to go down that path. Don't listen to that stuff. Make up your mind and decide that, you know what? I am drawing a line in the sand. I ain't going there anymore. Draw a line, Jeff. Draw a line in the sand. Don't go there. Love that girl. Huh? You love that girl with all your heart. She could be good tankers as all get out. I know that. But she is God's blessing for you. And boy, I'm telling you what. Bless your heart for loving that guy huh draw a line in the sand don't go back don't go back make up your mind today make up your mind today that says you know what we're going we're going forward we're going together I'm not saying they're having problems or nothing I don't know anything I'm just throwing out what God said to say but that you're going to go forward and you're going to complete the race you just make up your mind that's all you got to do I know you're stubborn we all are right that's what we all are like so now I'm just going to be stubborn for the right thing for what God said be the greatest marriage ever a house full of love a house full of joy a house full of peace speak a house full of blessing I speak a house full of prosperity and everywhere that everything that you do touches and everything you go, everything, everything that happens prospers in your life, everywhere. Health for your body, for your flesh. Wisdom for your life, the decisions that you make. All the desires of your heart, it says, as you feed on His faithfulness in Psalms 37, as you feed on His faithfulness, He will give you and grant you all the desires of your heart. All of them. Every one. But he says in Proverbs, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Make up your minds tonight. Make up your minds. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.